Corinthians 2 and verse 12. We're going to start there anyway. <clears throat> I appreciate your prayers. Uh, already been said to me that you've been praying for me, and I really appreciate that. Told Brother Goble, I still get nervous going to a new place, and uh, uh, not that you're not that this is entirely new, but you know, not in my own congregation. There's a little bit of nervousness there. So, as uh, long as I know that you love me, and I know, and you know that I'm nervous, we'll do fine. All right. Uh, Philippians two, and starting at verse twelve. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. So I, I sometimes when I read this, I, I think of Jesus saying this directly to us. Not, not as in my presence only but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation. And that work out means to, to finish, to accomplish, uh, uh, to, to complete it, right? With fear and trembling, with reverence toward God, with realization of what we're up against, with realization of the dangers. We have to be careful. We want to do what it takes to keep ourselves spiritual, Right? Because I know people of you that said, we, we got to work out our own salvation. Well, we do, but we need to do it with fear and trembling, not just whatever comes to our mind, not just whatever things we think we ought to do. We need to be sure we're in the will of God in the things that we do. It says, for it is God. Look, look how, this is really a powerful uh, uh, piece of Scripture here. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is working in his people. He's working through his church. He's working through his people to do what? To will and do of his good pleasure. God's got a plan. Amen. You know, you don't do anything without a plan, right? You don't build a house without a plan. You got you to scratch. If you're going to build a doghouse, you got to at least scratch something out or know where you're going or, or something. God's got a plan. He has a plan to all this, and he wants to use us in his plan to accomplish his will. So he says, uh, and these two go together. Uh, from 13 it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. So do all things without murmuring and disputings. Because God's working in us to accomplish his pleasure. So wherever we find, whatever situation we find ourselves in that he's trying to use us in, let's do so without murmuring, without any kind of inner complaining or disputing, without any kind of outer complaining. May we know that we're doing this for God's uh, glory. He says, look, do all things without murmurings and disputings that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. What a glorious thing that is. Hold your place right there and turn to 1 John, the um, third, uh, third chapter. Just a few verses, first three verses. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, look, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him, 
All right, so we know we're the sons of God, and we don't know what we shall be. We haven't glimpsed immortality yet. Now, this is the way I take this. We have not, we have not seen immortality. We've been told about it, but we don't really see what that's going to be like. We know that we're going to put on immortality. We know that the, the dead are going to put on incorruption. But he says, we know that when he shall appear, when Christ shall appear, we go, we're going to be like him. Why are we going to be like? Because we're going to be immortal. We will have put on immortality. He says, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is in all of his glory, in all of his majesty. And every man that has this hope, this hope of eternal life, this hope of immortality, purify every man that has this hope in him, purifieth himself even as he is pure. Amen. So we've got to be a pure people. Now, right there, we, we kind of get at odds with the world and with the religious world sometimes because they don't really, a lot of them don't really believe you can be pure. They don't really believe you can be purified. Well, he, mean, he means we need to be pure of heart, right? Well, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to enable us to be made pure of heart. Let's go back to Philippians 2 and verse uh, 15 again. That you may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God, we're not out to hurt anybody. We're not out to bring malice to anyone. We are blameless and we are harmless. The sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. <sighs> Old Paul's putting something on us here, isn't he? He's putting some responsibility on us. Amen. That we are to be lights in this world. And look what he adds to that, holding forth the word of life. Now, I used to think that this holding forth meant, well, we are, we are lights in the world. And it, it, it does. It carries out to this uh, 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 where he says um, um, that, that we are in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom we shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. So I'm thinking, well, we're holding forth the word of life for the world to see. But really what that holding forth is the same term as taking heed to. So really, we're the ones looking at it. Now, we're showing it to them. We're showing the, the Word of God to the world, but we're, we're able to do that because we're taking heed to it first. All right? That light that we're showing them in our lives is because we're, we're lit by this source here. We're, we're showing the Word of God. So let's get all that together again. He says, hold, um, excuse me, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, taking heed to the word of life. And Paul adds this, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. In other words, I poured my labor and my, my efforts into you to see that you can uh, be with Christ on that day. And so I desire to see that for you. I want to be able to rejoice in that day. You know, it's that way with any, I mean, the, the Bible lets us know uh, that, uh, that that's what we're here for, right? Is to, is to shepherd the flock, uh, uh, amen, so that, we, so that we can rejoice in that day. All right, so uh, he says here a, a point, pertinent point we want to get is where it says uh, that we may be the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse 
nation. Crooked meaning warped. Perverse meaning distorted, corrupt, turned aside. Are we not in a nation or a generation, if we want to say, or a society or a world that is warped? Well, it was warped back then. It's been warped ever since man fell. <laughs> but we are surrounded by it, are we not? Warped and distorted and corrupt and has turned aside from God. All right, and where are we at, saints? We are in the middle of it. We are right here among it, in the midst of this, he says. I want to relate something to you. This is from a book called Band of Brothers by Stephen Ambrose. Some of you may be familiar with it or familiar with Stephen Ambrose. But it was, it's about a, a, a company in World War II called Easy Company and, uh, and, and just the whole history of the company. But during the Battle of the Bulge, there was a certain lieutenant that was uh, passing through this area and uh, he told Captain Richard Winters, who was the over-Easy Company at the time, he told Captain Richard Winters of Easy Company that it appeared they were going to be surrounded. And if you know the Battle of the Bulge, you know that's what happened. They got cut off and they got surrounded at Baston. All right, so he, he told them, he says, he said, they're cutting off the roads here. He says, I think you guys are going to end up surrounded. And Richard Winters looked at him and he said, we're paratroopers, Lieutenant. We're supposed to be surrounded. We're paratroopers. We're supposed to be surrounded. Well, you know what, saints? We're surrounded. We're in the midst of this crooked and perverse nation. But that's right where we're supposed to be. Amen. And that's the title of our message. Surrounded, a peculiar people in a perverse world. That's right where we are. That's right where God wants us. And that's right where we've got to work and do what God has us here to do. Amen. So let's apply this to ourselves tonight. Amen. That we are surrounded and we're supposed to be surrounded. But we are that light that is shining out in this world. Let's turn to Matthew 10. I want to encourage you tonight. Trust it will. Trust if you're here and you're unsaved tonight that you'll see that God has something for you. Amen. He has a people in this world, and he wants you to be one of those people. He wants you to be different from the world. We can't be like the world. Some people want to be like the world to win the world. Well, you can't, you can't be like the world to win the world. What are you going to win them to? Uh, it's not an easy job. It wasn't easy for major winners or captain winners at that time uh, at, the, at, the, at the Battle of the Bulge. None of that was easy, but... Uh, uh, thank God, with, with faithfulness, with trueness, and with the power of God with us, we can do what we're here to do. Matthew 10, I'm uh, going to read a good bit here, verse 16. Just need to read it all to get these thoughts that we need. Jesus said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. There's that term again, in the midst, in the middle, right among wolves. He says, be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And that's the character that we have. You know, we can't be naive in this world. Do we, we have no malice towards anyone. We have only love for the world. 
But we have to realize everybody's not like that, right? We're trying to win them. People were trying to win me. All right, I was an uh, old rock and roll musician type guy. had the long hair going and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff and red eyes and whatever, whatever we had. Smelled like cigarettes and alcohol most of the time. Uh, didn't look like I was much interested in going to church. And I wasn't a great deal of the time. But one day God started dealing with me and I started thinking different. Thing is, we never know who is who out there. Right? We can have the, uh, the best-dressed businessman out there, and he's not interested at all. You might see somebody like I used to be, and, and God's dealing with his heart. So we have to sow to everyone. But we can't be naive. There are evil people, and they're evil today, and they're going to be evil all the way through. And their, 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 their purpose is just to destroy, just like uh, the, the Bible warns us about some things, kill, steal, and destroy. But we don't know who they are all the time. Paul was pretty evil to the church, but yet there came a time when God dealt with his heart. So, and then there were those that stoned Stephen, and they saw it all the way through. Perhaps some of them, well, Paul was there at that. He saw that go down. So, uh, the thing is, we have to be wise. We, we, we can't just be, oh, everything's wonderful, tiptoe through the tulips. We are in a battlefield. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as so. It's all been said and done 
There's just one thing that matters. Did I do my best to live for truth? Did I give my life to you? Lord, I'll live my life for you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes I try to tell what Jesus means to me, and I find myself searching for words to say just what I mean. I never can quite describe how good he's been to me, but I know whatever I need, that's just what he is. He is my rock and my deliverer. He is my strength, my guide, and my king. He is my shelter in the time of trouble. Yes, I look to him for everything. He can be a mother, father, or friend. And on him I can always depend. For I know whatever I need, that's just what he is. I'm poor and needy, but the Lord thinks about me. In troubled times, he's a high tower and a refuge, you see. This world has nothing to offer me, nothing to give. But I know whatever I need, that's just what he is. He is my rock and my deliverer. He is my strength, my guide, and my king. He is my shelter in the time of trouble. Yes, I look to him for everything. He can be a mother, father, or friend. And on him I can always depend. For I know whatever I need, that's just what he is. He is my rock and my deliverer. He is my strength, my God, and my King. He is my shelter in the time of trouble. Yes, I look to him for everything. He can be a mother, father, or friend. And on him I can always depend. For I know whatever I need, that's just what he is. For I know whatever I need, that's just what he is.